Hustler Turf is our sponsor this half hour for the uh, Blaze, and we thank them for uh, providing uh, some additional assistance so we can bring this program to you. Uh, Hustler Turf is a, um, uh, is a lawnmower that is the best out there. They, the 109-inch platform will cut a football field in 10 minutes. I think the 32-inch platform is what they're offering for homes. I think it's 32. Fits through, you know, garage, you know, gates and everything else that you might have around your uh, backyard. And if you have a couple of acres, man, it, you will be done. Saturday morning, you will be done quickly. Uh, it's a hustler turf. They last forever. They're great. They've been building a zero-turn lawnmower for, for over 55 years. These are the people that invented it and perfected it. Now they're available to you at hustlerturf.com. Go to hustlerturf.com and find a dealership near you. I don't ever want you to take my word for it. I want you to drive others and then go test drive a hustler at hustlerturf.com. Big show. Uh, lots to talk about. Bill O'Reilly is uh, on with us in about an hour from now. Ted Cruz joins us in a few. Stand by. The national radio program begins soon. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. We've got a great show. Ted Cruz is coming up. Bill O'Reilly is on today's program. A couple of other special treats. Uh, plus, we're going to go over some of the craziest news of the week. It's... I mean, I thought we were already living in an insane world. Oh, no, yeah. yeah no, 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 no. We go there in 60 seconds. <laughs> program cindy uh, cindy lives in alabama she uh she wrote to me about her dog's experience with rough greens and by the way thank you for telling me what's happening with your dog and rough greens she says my roxy is a 14 year old mini schnauzer with kidney disease for the last few years i had to get on the floor with her and food and pretend that i was eating her food after about 30 minutes she'd start eating i heard you talk about rough greens and decided my dog is probably worse than uno I uh, gave her the recommended uh, amount the first day, and wow, what a difference she's actually eating now. Thank you, Rough Greens. I don't know what it is in the dog food. It's because it's full of healthy stuff, and, you know, for humans, that's never good. But, I mean, it's good for you, but do you enjoy the healthy stuff? Shut up if you do. You're just wrong. Anyway, get right down. Facebook needs to start banning people who like healthy food. Anyway, get a free bag of Rough Greens uh, just for your dog to try out. All you pay is the shipping. You can try it out because maybe your dog doesn't like it. But if they do like it, you order a real bag. And I'm telling you, in a couple of months, you're going to start seeing real changes in your dog. At least it's happened with mine and Stu's and Pat's. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Mm. 
Well, President Biden has just proposed a new budget, which a round of applause. That's the first time we've had a budget proposal uh, in, uh, well, I think it's kind of an old-fashioned thing we used to do before Obama, um, but uh, I'm glad to see it. Now, when you're thinking, hey, maybe the government is spending too much, you're thinking wrong. You're thinking wrong. That's wrong think. Um, President Biden is proposing a $6 trillion uh, budget. Uh, that is... Um, that's about double what we are spending now, even though we'll have like a trillion dollar uh, deficit on that budget that goes right to the debt. Uh, he's saying, let's double it. Let's double it. And he said, I, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable and I don't want to say their names, but I do have a list of all those who are against and held up the list of all the people in uh, in Congress that voted against this. Uh, another scare tactic, another veiled threat. What is that? I mean, start just start building the gulags. I, I talked to somebody the other day. They're like, just go, just start. Just I'm tired of this wind up. Just you revealed who you were, that you're really actually Marxist. Now just go. And I'm like, let's slow down on that one. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, but anyway, uh, six trillion dollar budget this is the highest sustained level of federal spending since world war ii but we've got to fight climate change and they're almost as bad as nazis almost almost now um some other things just to help the economy out uh, joe biden the administration is now moving to double tariffs on canadian lumber oh oh so the plywood that has already gone from 13 to $70 a sheet. Plywood, crappy-ass plywood is now $70 a sheet. And he wants to double the tariffs on, uh, on lumber coming from Canada, which I think that's, you know, I just, God bless him. I think that's mm, just great. Uh, he is uh, today, today. He's going to be talking about doubling the price of lumber from Canada. Oh, and another story I think you're going to love. Uh, this is from the New York Times. The New York Times is uh, running the headline. Wait until you hear the story. Can removing highways fix American cities? Now, Stu, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Uh, the, the cities now are thinking about removing highways because the highway system has destroyed the city and it has cut black neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods in half by putting these highways right there uh in the i'm quoting from the new york times the growing movement has been energized by support from the biden administration which has made addressing racial justice and climate change major themes in the debate over highway removal. Now, I really only have one question. Did anybody know we were debating removing our highways? Because I've been left out of that debate. I And I think I should say something about it. I, I got an opinion. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've, you know, you hear this complaint every once in a while that uh, that, 
you know, wonderful neighborhoods get destroyed by highways. And, you know, I mean, maybe there's some examples of that. But generally speaking, highways are pretty good, I've noticed, because I don't want to be going 14 miles an hour everywhere I go. You know, I have to tell you, have you ever driven Route 66? No, I've never have. Yeah. Okay. I have. Mm -hmm. It's not as good as the song promises. (laughs) It's slow. There are stoplights. Once is more than enough. Mm. More than enough. I mean, you'll once in a while, you'll hit these old timey places. and You're like, oh, wow. Look at this. Must have been a great little town of six shops and four of them are gas stations. This must have been really cute in the 1950s. And then you hit a stoplight and you're like, and this is why it's gone. (laughs) Uh, Didn't you live in a city? Was it Phoenix uh, when you were younger that didn't have any highways? I did. Mm. It was great. So back in the 80s, I lived in the beautiful town of Phoenix. And one of the places I never went to, I think it was Mesa, because there were no highways the the founding fathers of phoenix in their great great wisdom said we don't want to turn this into another los angeles we don't want all these highways and we don't want to be driving across the desert for our forever so they didn't build any highways and it was wonderful because i could live in one town and the next neighboring town i never went to because (laughs) it would take you four hours to get there it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it does seem to be one of these ridiculous things. Like you, t- I'm sorry. This is news for everybody. If you t- have a really poor, downtrodden area of town and you remove the highway, what you will have is a poor, downridden, you know, area of town without a highway. Like the, it's not <laughs> it's exactly right. right. The people are no, going like, okay, to be like, no, 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 people are going to no, no. Poor people are going to move back in and they're going to make it nice. Pete Buttigieg, who heads the uh, department, has expressed support for removing highways and other barriers that divide black and minority communities, saying there is racism physically built into some of our highways. Oh, man, we should get rid of those racist highways. Mm. Yeah, by the way, are you what are they doing what are they doing we could build them all out of lumber no that will be too expensive because the price of lumber is going to be doubled today so i don't know what should we do it's interesting i lived in a i grew up in a very middle class sort of town and it was divided by a highway i now live in Mm -hmm. a nicer area of of the state which is also divided by a highway it doesn't seem to have much of an impact on on communities at all you know what's running through my town, which is a very nice town? Uh, a highway. A highway. Yeah. <laughs> a highway. Okay? You, you, get, you get an underpass, an overpass. Mm-hmm. You do things like that. And, yeah, it's divided. It's divided the town, but nobody really seems to have a problem. St- uh, Pat was riding with me. He was from the West. He had never been out East. And uh, he, we were taking Amtrak from Washington, D.C. to New York. And I'll never forget, he was looking through it, and he's like, man, the train tracks, they were built in the worst part of towns. There's nothing. You go into these cities, and there's nothing. I said, Pat, these tracks were laid a long time ago. Nobody wanted to, to upgrade or build. Who wants to live next to the railroad tracks? Yeah. It's not like they were saying, gee, uh, where are we going to lay the? Are there any blacks over here? Because we'll just build it here. No. No. 
No. And I, Which I, came first? I kind of had this idea that maybe the goal was to not have poor neighborhoods. Like, I don't want people yes, living in good. poor neighborhoods if we can all avoid it. We want to right. upgrade those neighborhoods. But what happens, Glenn, when you uh-huh. upgrade neighborhoods and you put in nicer homes and nicer places, then you get the complaints in the 15,000-word think piece from the New York Times about the gentrification of our cities. Yes. People who have yes. lived here all their lives in such, I'm sure, complete happiness. Well, that's why you can have uh, rent control rent stabilization Mm -hmm. you can i mean that's what new york is doing now they're now going in and they're increasing their subsidies uh so they can get uh, more minorities and low-income people to live in the city well you got to do something because nobody's living in the city anymore they've destroyed new york covid and and uh what's his face the marxist completely have destroyed blasio Mm -hmm. de blasio new york it ain't coming back anytime soon uh and uh so now what now what are you going to do? You're, wait, you can't afford the police. You're now going to tax people more to pay for housing. They, they can't even pay for their own housing. Where are you getting all of this money? Well, way, I guess I you could just defund the police and then use that cash. Yeah, well, defund the police. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. Don't defund it. Reimagine. Oh, okay. Reimagine Sorry the about police. That. Mm-hmm. And let's today, because I didn't even know this was a debate. But let's all spend the day reimagining an America without a highway system. Mm, wow, what a pleasure. And like they seem to want, they're just, I'm putting all these pieces together, but they seem to want no highways, but more train lines. Like, what do we think? For, where do the train lines go, first of all? <laughs> exactly right. And secondly, and if you want a train, uh, it's going to split the town just, just like, like the highway. The highway. Ma- the, what they'll do is they'll rip down the highways and then build more trains. And then, <laughs> you know, can I can I tell you something? <laughs> Honestly, Walt Disney, if he wouldn't have died, we wouldn't have been here. Walt Disney had the answer. It was called Epcot. And it is the most ingenious city I've ever seen. It was not an amusement park. I've spent years studying this, and I, I just think it's absolutely genius. You had highways in levels that went under every city, and every city was shaped like a... Uh, it was all shaped around the town, and the neighborhoods were all part of the town, and, and it came out in like a giant, you know, spoked wheel. And it was brilliant, and everything had... Uh, you know, what he called the wed walkways uh, that went into the town and then right into the houses, which were each separated in the front of the house by a park. The back of the house was an alley, but it was the only place where cars were driving. So you could drive right up to your house and park in the back. You had no backyard, but your front yard was a park trying to get everybody to come out of their houses and be a part of the neighborhood. He saw the breakdown of the cities. He saw what was happening and he saw what highways and everything else were doing. And that's why he put trucks and things that were going through the city, not having to stop in the city. They went down underground on one level. So it was like an express lane. You just bypass all of this crap. Then those trucks that had to service the town went on the level above that. There were no trucks up above because all the trucks would be below and they would feed all of the stores, all of the restaurants, everything else from down below. All the loading docks would be below. Then you would have the, the city traffic would be one level uh, 
it would be the top level of the highways and all of that stuff. You could go wherever you needed, but the streets were below and you would take elevators up. And then the last one was public transportation. And there was trains and stuff like that on the bottom. But just up above, they also had this really great, he called it the people, Wedway, people mover. And you could go from your house to your business on the people mover. It was, it was fantastic. Nobody, nobody, nobody is even thinking like that. I was in a town here in Texas the other day. Color, is it color? Do you know, Rob? Color, right? How do you, do you know color? It's, uh, anyway, it's a small little town. I had never been there before. It's great. And what it is, is try this out for size. A small old city. It's like a little town uh, that has the downtown and the housing and everything right there around a central green, you know, like our founders built. And I saw it and I thought, this is a beautiful little town. It's got little specialty shops in it and everything else. You want to go to a big box store? Go go to the big box store down, down there. All the big box stores are right down there, but they're not in town. And it was this community. The art center was right in the center of town. It was really great. In Texas, these towns are starting to be built. That's good. That will restore community and, and everything else. It'll be great. But until we actually start to buy in it, can we... Again, the headline from the New York Times, can removing highways fix our cities? No, unless you remove them and have a plan on what you're going to do with all the traffic that's going through and around your city. Good heavens. Uh, Coming up in just a second, I'm going to tell you about the new AMA-approved uh, gender nullification sur- uh, uh, s- surgery that I'm sure it's ethically totally cool. Um, it will remove your um, genitals, no matter what sex you are, so you can be not like Barbie, because that's bad. You can be like a Ken doll, smooth down below, just like a Ken doll with no gender qualities. Doctors, I think you're on the right track. You should read some stuff about the 20s and 30s, but... Don't worry, I'm sure you're on the right track. Back in just a second, one minute for our sponsor this half hour. It's Relief Factor. With the pain that's been lingering around for a while, if you have it and it just won't go away, believe me, brother, I know it. I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about, I I tried everything, absolutely everything. Then I tried Relief Factor because my wife was sick of hearing me whine. And she said, I'm not going to listen to you whine anymore unless you try everything. You try Relief Factor. And I'm like, That's a, people on the radio are talking about it. It's not going to work. She's like, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean. She's like, no, I don't know what you mean, Mr. Radio. And I'm like, none of this stuff works. They say that it's it's organic and it's all natural. And it reduces inflammation. I've hit the hard stuff, lady. I've had ibuprofen 800. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard stuff. You go to the doctor and they're like, well, have you ever had ibuprofen 800? Yeah, I've taken four ibuprofens out of the bottle. Put your pad down. It doesn't work. But anyway, I tried it. Within a month, my pain was going away. I take it every single day, and it has helped me so much. I feel like I have my life back. Try it. It's a three-week trial period. They, they admit about 70% of the people it works on. 30% it doesn't. That's why they're giving you a three-week trial. If it's not working in three weeks, stop taking it. If it works, 
order some more. 70% of the people who uh, order the quick start uh, trial go on to order more month after month. Relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Stu, you're going to love this. There's a new cereal out. New cereal out. Uh, Kellogg's uh, is uh, releasing a breakfast cereal designed to support the community uh, that have other pronouns. So whatever pronoun you use, kids, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I know I want my six-year-old sitting around the table going, I'm a them. I think that's a great, healthy thing. Good, for good for their English class too. That's going to work yeah, out well for, for the them. for this yeah, grammar test. Yeah, no, the grammar test will going to be great. Uh, so on each box uh, of the new together cereal, mm. uh, you can play little games where you can celebrate your pronouns. I wish this actually was about real pronouns, not saying I'm an it. <laughs> Uh, you know, but uh, I think this is great because as the slogan goes, no matter who you are, who you love or what pronouns you use, you're too awesome to fit into a box. Boxes are for cereal, oh. not people. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. That's, that's wonderful. Um, also, genitals are for cereal. I, I don't know why. Why sexuality yeah, I would have don't, anything to do with your I breakfast don't, cereal? I generally, I don't like thinking about genitals uh, in uh, at breakfast time. No. You know, or talking about that stuff. I don't want to talk about Uncle Leo's bad gas at the breakfast table, dinner table, anytime near food. I don't want to hear about it. Um, but uh, this one is, uh, this one's designed for our children. So... It's incredibly wonderful. Uh, I, I also saw that they have gay Legos now, which is, I thought, pretty nice. Uh, or Gagos. They have, wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not serious, is it? They're not called Gagos. That okay, was the term right. I came up with. Okay, I think it, right, is, okay, it is fantastic. Right. However, yeah. um, no, it's gay Legos. They came out with a, a set of Legos where they're all rainbow colored. And, uh-huh. and then they, of course, have the, they had to add black and brown because you couldn't have an actual, rainbow is not inclusive enough, obviously, so they added black and brown. Oh, and then they, in the right. very back, you could see the white, Wait. it's the, yeah. and the pink. So the okay, women good. and the white people are in the back of the right. line. Mm-hmm. May I just, may I just say, Stu, you haven't heard anything until you hear about the new stamps mm. from Spain. To solve racial equity, they have flesh-colored stamps. The least expensive are the black. The most expensive are the white. So the bigger the package, the more black stamps it needs, showing that there's more power with black power. Uh-oh. This is I, the Glenn Beck program. Crazy. <sighs> All righty. Thank you so much for listening today. Let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Blinds.com. Memorial Day is here. Our loved ones are getting together. Um, get your home ready for the summer right now. You can do it for, I mean, it's probably a little too late for Memorial Day. I mean, but what were you thinking? Um, but uh, if you're looking for something, you know, if you have big gatherings coming for family reunions or whatever, uh, Blinds.com has their Memorial Day do- doorbusters at Blinds.com, the most popular outdoor shades which will really help you in the backyard. They have light filtering shades that help block the UV rays without obstructing your view. And it's 45% off everything right now at blinds.com. With over 25 million blinds sold, 
I remember when this was, I mean, it still is just a family, but I remember there's a little family business and they came to me and they were like, we're doing this thing. Now they are the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. It's blinds.com. Shop their lowest prices on Memorial Day do- doorbusters plus 45% off everything. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's blinds.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV now. Uh, the Florida school board uh, was met by a bunch of uh, kind of angry parents, uh, and they have uh, moved to, to remove the word uh, from their new mission statement uh, of redistribute to just distribute uh this is being spun as uh they the uh the parents you know demanded uh that they dismantle white advantage uh teachings with critical race theory and some of the parents i mean i'm telling you the parents have gone from zero to a hundred in no time people know now what critical race theory is there is no science behind it period it came from the Frankfurt School. You don't know what the Frankfurt School is? That's a really happy communist Nazi thing that was happening in Frankfurt, Germany in the 1920s. When the Nazis came in and everything was changed and it looked like, oh, Nazis, fascism, communism, bad. They left and they planted themselves inside of Columbia University. The Frankfurt School is the one that helped us really discover critical race theory how do we dismantle the west and how do we build a marxist society there's no science to it at all this anti-racism stuff is 100 percent marxism and frankfurt school luckily a lot of people are understanding that i'll give you the the rest of that story probably on tuesday because florida look out uh they are you you can never count that you have won with any of these people because they'll do it behind your back senator ted cruz is uh with us now and uh ted welcome to the program i liked what you announced last night glenn good to be with you thank you yeah um the uh no vaccines passport act i think this is one of the more important things can you explain why it's important well sure so uh this week i've introduced legislation in the senate to prohibit vaccine passports Um, my view on vaccines i I believe in vaccines i've gotten the covid Mm -hmm. vaccine myself heidi's gotten it my parents have gotten it Um, i'm grateful that that we have the innovation that led to the vaccines that has enabled for so many of us us to return to to normal life and the freedoms that we cherish Mm-hmm. That being said, I think the decision whether or not to get the vaccine is a personal decision. It ought to be up to you. You ought to make it for your life, for your health situation. And the federal government shouldn't mandate it. There shouldn't be a federally mandated passport. And we should protect your civil rights, your individual liberty. So what my legislation does, it prevents the federal government from requiring a vaccine passport. And it also prohibits discrimination based on whether or not you choose to get the vaccine. We're seeing employers across the country who are firing their employees 
if they don't get vaccinated. I think that's not right. You ought to have the same civil rights protections you have for other things in the workplace. Yep. And, and it ought to be your individual choice based on, on your individual liberty. I have to tell you, um, Ted, this has become all about politics, 100 percent about politics. People have lost their reason entirely. I haven't yeah. gotten a vaccine because I had it in December and I had a bad yeah. bout with it. The, re- the research all shows, if you want to follow the science, if you've had it, you have the antibodies and all of this crap that they were saying for the last year about, yeah, but it may not last very long. They say that if you've had a good case of COVID, that you are you have the antibodies and they could last up to years. And I go places and I'm not wearing a mask and I'll say I had it. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's it's like all of a sudden you're you're Goebbels or something. There's so much politics about this that it's bizarre. I mean, my view, I've never understood the extremes on either ends of this. Um, There are some folks who never wear a mask and say wearing a mask is terrible. I, I don't, don't get that. Look, it was a contagious disease. It's, it's dangerous in vulnerable populations. It could be deadly. I, you know, I wore a mask. I still wear a mask on an airplane. And, and I think taking reasonable steps to, to limit the spread of an infectious disease, I think that makes sense. But on the other side, the folks that are just virtue signaling that, that, that a mask shows how righteous they are, I, I think is bizarre. You know, when you're mm-hmm. driving down the road and you see someone in a car alone wearing a mask or a double mask, I, I just laugh out loud. It's like, you know, I know, what the heck is wrong with you? I know. It's it's really bizarre. So the I, vaccine. I will say, Glenn, I, Glenn, I got in trouble with my team because I did tweet out. I said, wearing a mask in a car alone is like wearing a condom in bed alone. <laughs> Very true. Uh, very true. Well, like, have to... What exactly is the point here? <laughs> um, so, so, Ted, the problem with the vaccines, uh, or the, not the vaccine, uh, but the problem with the vaccine passport, uh, the government is going to say, we're not going to do any vaccine passports. You know, if the private industry wants to do that. But they are making an end run around our Constitution on ev- almost everything with the the coddling of these giant corporations i've never yep. been a guy who's been against uh, you know corporations i'm a free market guy but when the free market becomes an arm of the government and they are the ones spying on people because the government can't but we'll share that information with the government that's just an end run is there anything that's going to stop these corporations from doing this well Part of the legislation I've introduced uh, prohibits discrimination based on vaccine status. And, and so what it does is it adds it to the existing civil rights laws. And so the Americans with Disability Act, for example, requires that that, that you make a reasonable accommodation for an employee that, that, that has a disability. Now, reasonable accommodation doesn't mean that, 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 that you always allow, you know, Look, someone who's blind, you wouldn't hire to be an airplane pilot. Um, I mean, there are there are some instances where there are disqualifying uh, uh, medical conditions. I would beg to differ with you, and I am not making this up. This is absolutely true. When I worked at CNN, they had a deaf sound engineer. So please don't give me your non-woke descriptions of what people can and cannot do. That's crazy. 
But that's what they did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Was yeah. the guy any good? Could he, could he do his job? Uh, well, I only know that he was deaf because I had to ask about some some issues. And they were like, yeah, don't ask. He's, he's deaf. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so, 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 but the, the point is, we have an existing legal structure that, that, that protects your civil rights and, and with respect to disabilities requires reasonable accommodations. Uh, and what my legislation does is it puts your choice of whether or not to get a vaccine with the same protection so, so, so that so that the blaze doesn't fire you, Glenn, because you yeah. chose not to get a vaccine. Now, Be given that hard. you control the company, I think you're pretty yeah. safe there. But, you know. <laughs> it, right. It, it, well, I, I mean, I could be schizophrenic at some point. Um, let me. Uh, <laughs> is there any chance of this passing uh, in the House and the Senate? I don't know. So I just introduced it. Uh, the question, obviously, is going to be, will Democrats be willing to support it? Um, the Biden administration has at least said publicly uh, that, that, that they do not support a federally mandated vaccine passport. Now, I think you and I have reason to be skeptical of that claim. And so it will be interesting to see. So I have not yet, and I will in the coming weeks, be reaching out to Democrats and seeing if any Democrats are willing to come together and support it. If no Democrat supports it, then no, it won't pass in a Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi Congress. If Democrats are willing to support it, and they should, uh, then it has a chance of passage. We'll have to see what they're willing to do. All right, Ted, a couple of other questions just to sweep up on some some things. Um, the January 6th committee, I have no problem with the committee looking into what happened on January 6th, which I think was disgusting, and what happened all around the country uh, on the other side all through the summer. Um, but that's yeah. th- they're only doing January 6th. And, you, you know, you just said and I, and I I had a hard time not speaking out about it uh, when you just said, you know, we have a system that protects people's rights. Well, uh, as you are well aware, the Justice Department is going through every cell phone record. If you were even in Washington that day, there's no warrants, nothing. They are just going through everyone. If you were GPS tagged for Washington, D.C., they're going through everything. What the hell happened to civil rights? Well, uh, look, I I think civil rights are always in peril, particularly when you have too big government and over vigorous criminal prosecution. But my view, let's start with first principles. Violence is wrong. Violence is always wrong. If you carry out an act of violence against someone else, if you assault someone else, if you injure someone else, if you attack a police officer, you should be prosecuted. You should go to jail. 100%. And and that's true regardless of your politics, whether you're right wing or left wing or you have no wings at all. I think the guys who broke into the Capitol, I think the people who broke into the Capitol, put their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk or whatever, I think they should all go to jail. That was wrong. Yeah. No questions asked. I don't care who you were for or who you were against. It's wrong. Go to jail. Look, that's exactly right. And, and, and there were a lot of police officers who were assaulted, who were injured, some injured badly that day. And, and, and I think if, if, if you hurt somebody else, if you hurt a cop, you ought to do serious jail time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I support prosecuting anyone who committed a crime of violence. Now, there were thousands of people in Washington 
that were peacefully protesting, that didn't yep. break into the Capitol, that didn't hurt anybody. And I don't think they should be persecuted for standing in the National Mall and singing God Bless America. There's a difference between peaceful protest and committing acts of violence. As you noted as well, January 6th is not the only day on which acts of violence occurred in America. Mm-hmm. We just came through a year where for almost an entire year, we saw riots across the country. We saw peaceful protesters, yes, and they have a First Amendment right to do so, but we also saw violent criminals that, that were firebombing police cars, that were looting stores, that were assaulting, and in some instances, murdering police officers. Every so this, one of those violent criminals should be prosecuted and go to jail. Amen. Uh, so is the January 6th commission going to pass in the Senate? I, I don't think it will. We're, we're likely going to okay. vote on it later today. Okay. Um, it, 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 it will take 60 votes. So the question is, are 10 Republicans going to vote for it? I think the answer is probably not. And, and part of the reason is we already have multiple investigations going Correct. on. We have multiple They're still going committees. On investigating okay. we have the department of justice we have the fbi and and what schumer and pelosi want is, is they want a partisan kangaroo court to spend two years laying mm-hmm. out the theory that donald trump is bad and republicans are bad and and it's all about the next election and so that's why i'm not going to support it i think most republicans in the senate are not going to support it okay one uh, one last thing two-part question but we only have about 70 seconds for an answer um the Six trillion dollar. Is it six or eight? Six trillion dollar budget proposal that came from Biden and the, you know, we'll give you half a trillion dollars for infrastructure. What's happening there? Are the Republicans going to hold the line here? I don't know. I I am worried about it. Um, You you know, Biden has laid out it's actually about seven trillion dollars in new spending. I've been joking. Please, dear God, nobody tell the Democrats what comes after a trillion trillion. Um, It it, it, it is the amount of spending they are rolling out is staggering. It is a budget in excess of what we spent in World War Two. We're already seeing inflation taking off across the country. And I think we, we are on the verge potentially of a serious inflation crisis. Um, I think we need to stop bankrupting the country, and that's what I'm fighting to do. Um, At least so far, Republicans have not been willing to go along with this. It is is always dangerous, though. I mean, look, look, there has been historically a coalition of all the Democrats and a bunch of the Republicans who were willing to spend and spend and spend and spend. Um, Right now, Republican colleagues... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, they're, go ahead. They're they're usually not as bad as Democrats. I, you know, years ago, a friend of mine suggested a bumper sticker. Republicans, we waste less. Mm. Uh, that is uh, not exactly that, that is a way. I hope we hold the line. Yeah, that's the quickest way to lose um, people coming out and, and voting for the Republicans to stop this madness. Um, this is madness that's going on. Clear and utter madness. Um, Ted, thank you for the good fight. Thank you for the uh, uh, the new bill on the passports. And we're here to uh, inform people that it should be supported. No vaccine passports. Ted Cruz, thank you very much. All right. Thank our uh, sponsor this half hour is American Financing. American Financing is a place you can go if you are looking to save money, maybe up to $1,000 a month. How, how, how could that help you dig yourself out of this hole if you saved $1,000 a month? 
All you have to do is reduce the interest that you are paying. Believe it or not, it's that simple. How much are you paying for those credit cards? How much, in, how much interest every single month are you paying? That doesn't go to pay, pay your bill down. That just goes to maintain that loan. What you need to do is roll all of that into your mortgage and lower the mortgage payment so you don't have a high interest rate on your mortgage as well. AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. They're ready to help you right now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, Stu, why don't you look something up? You know who the highest paid federal employee is? Highest paid federal employee? Employee, let's see. Makes over four hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, used to be the guy. Used to be the guy. I think in where was it Tennessee or? Yeah, I mean I'm. Yeah, let's see. Seems like Doctor Fauci. Fauci. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doctor Fauci, highest pay. Your tax dollars pay him more money than anyone else in the entire federal government. Seems right. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I got to talk to you about home title theft. Uh, cyber thieves remove you from your home's title, become uh, the owner themselves, and then leave you out in the cold. Uh, you better get home title locked because this stuff is going on. And Facebook has had a breach in uh, in their, you know, we have these data breaches all the time. They had 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves. And according to a retired FBI cybercrime expert, that's everything thieves need to take over your home. Everything was leaked. A name, personal address, information. All it's all out there. You know it's out there. Someone's someone's got it. Uh, anyway, even if it's not through the Facebook uh, hack, someone has control of your data. Don't let them steal your home along with it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then sign up for 30 risk-free days of protection for, during this high-risk breach. is a great thing to do. The code is RADIO. 30 risk-free days at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Welcome to the program. It's Friday, which means Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. The Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. Bill O'Reilly. Wonder if you'll have an opinion on anything today. Can't wait. Uh, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, my sister is visiting uh, from Wyoming, and uh, she just came in this morning and bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and she's had all kinds of problems. She's had bad back and... Crohn's disease and everything else. And she said, uh, I, I have to tell you, I started taking relief factor because of you. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, uh, my daughter, you know, listens to you. And she got some of that relief factor and she's been doing so much better. She's got like bad back where she's got a cage inside of her around her spine. Um, and she's doing really well. And she said, I came down at, to her house and she's doing so well. And I said, wow. And I, she said, I was all hunched over. I was in so much pain. She said, look at me. 
I've been taking it for a week. I feel so much better. Relief factor. You know, I don't know why people will say, Glenn, do you really believe? <laughs> but then again, I've done that to people, too. Do you really believe that? I don't know why, um, because I will not endorse something I don't believe in. I take this every day. It works, at least for me, and it will work for 70% of the people. At least that's what the stats show. 30% it won't. That's why they offer you a three-week trial pack. If it's not working in three weeks, it's not going to work for you. Call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, the author of Killing the Mob, and uh, also the Bill O'Reilly thing that he does something about sitting and spinning or something billoreilly.com welcome to the program bill how are you no spin news back right ah, that's now. what it is that's what it is right i, I knew it was something about no sitting and spin spinning news no spin well right okay not- all right. right good good um we here we are on memorial day gas prices yeah. are the highest they are in seven years Uh, Nobody seems to be talking about that in the news. And the Biden administration has just moved to double the tariffs today on Canadian lumber, even though lumber is skyrocketing. Uh, Is the the president, does he think that, uh, is this like golf, where the way you normally keep score is just the opposite? Because it seems like... Seems like he's trying to destroy us. How is he thinking any of this is good for the economy? Well, he doesn't think that way. So there are two things going on. Number one, uh, there's a difference now in the way corporate media is covering the news as opposed to during Donald Trump's years. Uh, You may have noticed this. During Trump's years, it was demonize and attack Trump every day. So it was... Uh, outrage du jour, I used to call it. Mm. And now it's ignore failures from the Biden administration. Black them out. Do not mention the failures. So there has been a shift. And these are the some of the most powerful companies in the world. Now we're talking Disney, Comcast, uh, Viacom, CBS. And the basic thrust is we backed Biden. We know Biden is failing because anybody with any analytic capability knows the Biden administration is failing already after four months. But we're not going to mention it because we don't want a big comeback by the Republicans in the midterm elections of 2022. So that's what's in play. Now, as far as Mr. Biden himself is concerned, It is impossible for me to know what goes on in the man's mind. I can't. No one could. But I can tell you this. He is totally disengaged. Right. But let's but let's but let's talk about the policies that they're. No, I know. All right. All right. He's totally disengaged in any problem solving effort. He's not trying to solve any problem problems that i can tell you with certainty go okay so i know this uh and um but but the people around him know what the policies are uh and it it, i mean why would you put tariffs on on lumber when we are having lumber prices go up 800 percent 
Uh, why, why is the New York Times today reporting on something that apparently we all were aware of because they say, you know, this is in, in a continuation of the ongoing uh, conversation about removing America's highway systems? I didn't even know we were having that conversation, and I can't imagine what would be what good would come from removing our highway situations uh, or highways. Uh, but Pete Buttigieg heads up the department has expressed support for removing the barriers that divide black and minority communities, uh, saying there is racism physically uh, it, built into our highway system. Yeah, I mean, well, it, 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 there's there's nothing here oh. that is is going uh, for America. <laughs> none, none of this. No, it's all about um, tribalism. And there are highways that have gone through minority neighborhoods and have adversely affected them. That's sure. True. Yeah. All right. So I guess uh, the Biden administration is going to tear all them down uh, because they want to spend $6 trillion. They're going to announce that today. But let me get to the lumber thing in Canada. That, this is all about cheese. It's not about lumber. All right. So... The Trudeau government in Ottawa um, slapped on restrictions on American dairy farmers sending cheese to Canada because they want to protect the Canadian farmers. In return for that, the Biden administration has slapped tariffs on lumber. Now, you ask, well, why would they do that since we already have a lumber shortage and housing building materials have gone up 300% in four months. Why would they do that? Because they're not looking out for the folks. This isn't about helping individual Americans. It's about amassing as much power as possible in Washington, D.C., to basically change the whole economic system of this country. That's what's going on. It's not okay. about Americans paying far more for gasoline and right. therefore paying far more for food because... All the food has to be trucked in. Not about that. It's about we're going to control the private economy. We, the Biden administration in Washington, we're going to control the marketplace and we're going to break the private marketplace. We're going to break you. That's what's happening. So we have trillions of dollars now pumping into the system. And Joe Biden has just just put forward a budget of six trillion dollars that's more than we spent in world war ii it's the highest spending we've ever had as a nation um six trillion dollars that's double double the current out of control uh budget um uh, i i don't know what everything is going to be spent on uh but that that uh, do we ever recover from all of this spending bill well, the inflation is going to devastate Americans who have saved up for education or retirement. That's certainly going to happen. Oh, good. So the people who played, the people who played by the rules, now let's screw them even more. That's right. Every every American is going to get screwed. Every single person is going to get screwed because the criminal justice system is collapsing. And the economic system won't be far behind that. And, and Missouri has already lost. Missouri has lost 26 percent of small businesses just because of the uh, the pandemic. You and I both know jobs are created by small business people and they're That's destroying right. those. 
That's right. But that's why Biden wants this massive spending so the federal government can take over from small business and provide jobs in the highway sector or the green energy sector. But I want to tell you one thing about this. If you watch the Nosebin Newsback, which you do not, by the way, you do not. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody. I don't even. Doesn't do you would have heard. I don't even know what night. channel it's on. Yeah. Okay, it's on every channel. You can't escape it. <laughs> you go to BillOReilly.com, and there That's it is. That's an internet. Okay. Those internet well, things are night, scams. I was the only reporter in the world to tell you that FDR tried the same thing in 1935 that Biden is trying now. What Biden is doing now is a replica of what Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to do in 1935. Which was what? over the private economy. Okay? Price controls, all of it. Yes. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously what FDR tried to do in 1935 was unconstitutional. All right? Nobody knows that but me, Beck. You don't know it. Stu, sir. <laughs> of course not. Right? But FDR, you're going to have to back up and explain who he was. But <laughs> So what I said last night, because I presented you the facts, and if you look up the case, you'll see it, all right, yeah. that the Supreme Court slapped down FDR's budget and his vision of taking over the economy. That could happen today. So I suggested that the attorney general of Texas immediately, if this budget is passed, or it doesn't even matter, he can write up something today, sue the Biden administration on behalf of Texas, and it'll be the same suit and they'll win in the Supreme Court. What was the name of the what was the name of the case? I don't have it off the top of my head. Oh, my gosh. who is the, All you have to do who, is Google, Google FDR mm-hmm. Supreme Court 1935, and it'll pop up. Okay. okay. And what, what, was the, what was the specific case? Do you remember the specifics on that? What was the specific yeah. case? Who was making the charge? Yeah. Who was suing? And, and why did they win? The, the case was brought by private business owners that said they could not conduct commerce interstate commerce because of all the restrictions fdr was putting on them that was the case okay you can do the exact same thing now and you're going to have to although i don't think this budget's going to pass by the way but they're not going to stop see what what your listeners need to know is that this is a well thought out campaign to wrangle private business to put as many companies out of business so the federal government steps in and provides all the employment. It is why the it's why the federal government did all of the forbearance and they own now between the federal government and the Federal Reserve about 90 percent of all uh, low income housing and 70 percent of all mortgages, period, in this country. They are the ones who are the uh, lender of last resort. They're the ones that have bought up uh, during forbearance. So they're the guarantors. I mean, you can't pay. The government is the one that ends up with your house, your home. They, they are owning everything through this. Right. 
because that takes away freedom and liberty and self-reliance from the people and makes the people dependent on the Democratic Party in Washington, which will dole out the goodies, the jobs, the entitlements, the mortgages. This is a well-designed plan that has been executed in every socialist country on earth. That's what you're seeing. But it'll never be reported by the corporate media or the New York Times or the Washington Post. Therefore, 95% of American voters don't know what's happening. And I don't believe Biden knows either. My producers, I know you can do it on your own, but my producers can put you in, um, in direct content, uh, contact with uh, the, um, uh, the uh, attorney general here in Texas. He's a friend. I know he'd come on the show. You should, you should ask him to do it. You should explain this to him and see if he'd do it. Because they they love suing the federal government here in Texas. They, they love, it. love it. They love it. And they well, and they usually win. I think they All probably right. know Beck. I think they probably know this. If they don't, you can tell them. And I'm happy okay. to talk to them. But my job okay. is to report the news. That's what it is. And I'm so angry that the news in America is not being reported any longer. And you know it. Yeah. You know, know it. it. I know it. Okay, let me. I, I want to get into some of that here in just a second. Let me take a one-minute break, break back with Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Also, Killing the Mob, which is the number one bestseller in America now. Killing the Mob by Bill O'Reilly. It's a great book. Our sponsor, American Financing, uh, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Thank you. Uh, American financing reminds you being fiscally responsible is really important if you want to have some flexibility, even a little bit of comfort in your life. Now is the time to make sure that you have your debts paid down as much as possible, that you don't have high interest credit card debt because you're never going to get out of that. And that's where they are going to put the screws to people. They're going to put the screws because if they raise the interest rate uh, overall for lending, What's going to happen? The federal government is going to have a $2 trillion bill in addition every single year just for the interest on our loans. So they're not going to raise the interest rates there. I wonder if they could raise the interest rates on your credit cards. Damn right they will. Uh, you need to get those credit cards paid off. And the best way to do it is to uh, to roll it into your mortgage. You could save hundreds, if if not a thousand dollars a month, just by lowering your interest rates and not resetting your mortgage. Call American Financing; they'll help you. It's a family-owned business; they work for you, not the banks. It's American Financing eight hundred nine zero six twenty four forty eight hundred nine zero six twenty four forty AmericanFinancing.net. Ten seconds. Station ID. Bill O'Reilly is uh, is with us now. Um, I want to I want to change topics here to um, international. First, let's start with okay. Iran because it's the easy it's the easiest one. Um, there is a the ex intel chief for the U.S. Uh, just told uh, the uh, Jerusalem Post that Biden is surrendering to Iran. Have we surrendered to Iran, and are we surrendering to China? 
Um, it's, it's a complicated situation. So the Biden administration doesn't want to deal with anything in the Middle East at all. Nothing. All right. So they basically said this is not worth our while because it doesn't advance our green environmental climate change agenda. Right. That's overseas. That's 100 percent what the Biden administration is interested in. All right. So they don't care whether Hamas shoots rockets into Israel. Oh, 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 the Center for American Progress. These leftists, they love Hamas. They love Hamas. There's a difference between the leftists and the Biden administration. Biden administration. Really? What is it? What is it? What's the difference? I don't think I don't see people that are I don't see people that are traditional Democrats running this administration and its policy. No Democrat that I know that is a neighbor agrees with any of this crap, any of it. But they don't care about it. Beck. All right. They don't care that it happened. It's not that they're um, trying to stop it or trying to negotiate anything. They don't care. It doesn't advance. The green agenda and socialism agenda here in the USA. So, so if is Iran that... wants to have a phony nuke deal, all right, they'll sign a phony nuke deal. If Iran so... wants to arm Hamas, the Biden administration is not going to do anything about that. They don't care. They don't want to do it. All right, they don't want to be involved in it. And then, if, if they you, o- uh, <laughs> if they ahead. only care about their green new agenda, then right. why are they okaying the Russian pipeline? I mean, it's a really dangerous thing. They made a deal with the EU, right? So we'll let you have all the natural gas from Putin in return for more cooperation on a number of fronts. It was a deal. Again, do they care about Putin? Does Biden care about Putin? No, he doesn't care. You have to understand that in the past, most presidents did look out for the welfare of America. And America was tied in morally with the freedom and the protection of Israel. That's gone. With the Biden administration, they couldn't care less about it. And then when you go into China, they're afraid of China. Biden's afraid of them because they're way more aggressive than the Biden administration will ever be. So he doesn't even want to deal with it. So this is what you're seeing. You're seeing whereas Barack Obama put forth that we are one of many. We are not a superpower. We are not anything special. That was Obama's foreign policy, right? Am I correct? Yes. Now, Biden's foreign policy is even more extreme. It's We don't want to get involved with anything over there because our agenda is to turn the economy socialist and to hype up the Green New Deal stuff. That's everything comes back to those two things. And if it's not connected to those two things, the Biden administration doesn't want to hear about it. That may be absolutely on the money, um, which is getting to be worth less and less as the uh, seconds tick by uh, more with bill o'reilly here in just just a second i, I want to go to china and uh, the wuhan virus <gasps> can we say that now facebook says yeah now it's okay to say
More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, Mike Lindell, his MyPillow, I would have never ordered it on TV. You know, I would have never ordered it off of TV. Um, and Mike Lindell wanted to do commercials. And as I said, I, I don't do commercials for things I don't believe in. And he was coming in and, you know, I don't like confrontation, believe it or not. And, uh, and I was like, how am I going to say that I just don't like his pillow? And he came in, shook my hand. He's very perceptive. And I said, uh, hey, Mike, he said, what do you think of the pillow? And I said, well, he said, you don't like it. And I'm like, OK, caught me. No, I don't. He said, you have the wrong size. And I said, what? And he said, which one do you have? And I said, the shorter one, you know, the, the standard size. And he said, you need the king size. And so I got a king size. And I have to tell you, he was right. He was right. They are great pillows. My pillow, the thing that started it all, lowest price ever. Premium My Pillow for $29.98. It's a $40 savings only at mypillow.com. Enter the promo code BECK or call 866-3117-mypillow.com. And blazetv.com slash Glenn, the place to go. Get 10 bucks off your subscription with the promo code Glenn. We're with Bill O'Reilly. It's Friday. Let me just uh, quote a member of the State Department team whose investigation into the origins of coronavirus has been halted this week by the Biden administration claimed yesterday it was sort of ridiculous to believe the virus passed naturally from animals to humans. We were finding that despite the claims of our scientific community, including the National Institute of Health and Anthony Fauci, that there was almost no evidence that supported a natural zoonotic evolution or source of COVID-19. Bill, why did the uh, State Department's review on this, why was it canceled by Joe Biden and say, no, we're going to get really serious about it. We're moving it over to Intel. Because they don't want to have a problem with China, just like we were talking about five minutes ago. So every everybody in the scientific world knows there are only two ways that COVID came to be. The first way is by infection from eating a bat or something else. Or a bat transfer or a bat having a disease that would go to another animal and then jump into humans. Whatever it may be. Right. So in China, they have some very strange culinary choices. Mm-hmm. Right? Very strange, particularly in the countryside. So that's number one. So you can get infected by eating an infected mammal or animal, and then you spread it. The second thing is that the Chinese virologists isolated a virus. And they were studying it in Wuhan, in their big lab. And somehow, a few of the personnel in the lab got infected with the virus, kind of like a horror movie, right? Now, we know that in November 19, that early, there were people taken out of that lab and put into hospitals. We don't know why or how, because China doesn't put that stuff out. So what I believe 
based upon all the evidence that I've seen, is that this virus did come about because of transferal of bacteria from animals, mammals to humans. The Chinese knew about it, saw it, tried to study it, and it got out of control in the lab. That's what I think happened. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a Walt Disney version of what I think happened. Um, you got uh, it on tape. Uh, you got it on tape. Pardon me? I said, you have all of this on tape. Yeah, no, I know. To be I, absolutely I, I, correct. I know, I know. I, know. I, I will, <laughs> I will. I'll play it with you there so you can laugh and point at yourself when I'm right. Um, but, uh. <laughs> Uh, the 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 State Department uh, has gone on to say an official in the State Department said um, that uh, former State Department official Chris Ford um, was, quote, disgraceful. His behavior towards the investigation was disgraceful. He seemed disinterested. He even said, if we came to it, how did we know where it came out of what lab? Very rarely in my life in government have I ever encountered someone who was more uh, negative, less of a bureaucrat and just a negocrat than this individual. So why did they move it then to the the uh, intelligence community and say intelligence? They're much better at finding these things. Why did he move it there? See if we come up with the same answer. In fact, you know why. Because they can classify everything then and bury it for 50 years. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. So Um, if if we found, let's say we live in a sane world, which we don't, I know that. But if we found that um, China made a mistake, that's one scenario. If we found out that they this lab is run by the guy who used to be the head of the Communist Party bioweapons research. So if we found that they were engineering this uh, and it escaped, but they were engineering it for specific reasons the you know, his paper even says that we need to find a coronavirus that can wipe out the Western world and leave the East pretty much alone. We find that out. After all these lies, all these lives and all the money that has uh, gone to hell in a handbasket because of this. What should the American response be in a sane world? But you'll never find it out. It'll never be put that way because no one wants a war with China. And if China did indeed weaponize this to attack the west which i don't believe they did because it's too i don't risky. believe they intention i don't believe they intentionally released right. it i think that was a mistake but i do believe they were bioengineering a weapon but you know what the bigger yeah that's possible because a lot of countries do that including the usa but you know what the bigger story is here and you mentioned it in the lead that the social media companies wouldn't let you even speak about these things. They would Correct. ban it. All right? And that's the bigger story for we, the American people, is that now we're living in an age where, again, the truth doesn't mean anything and can be blacked out by these the, giant corporations. 
And these giant corporations are having to come back over and over again and say, we were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. We're reversing our policy on this. It shows that they are nothing but a political organ and they have smeared, besmirched. uh, They have they have taken our business and and throttled it down. They have cost us hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in the last year because of what they've claimed where now they're saying, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. Well, where do I go to get my reputation back? Where do I go to get my money that you lost, the business that I lost? Where do I go back to 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 get that? I don't think sorry is enough. But they don't care. It's almost like we were talking about the Biden administration doesn't really care what happens in the Middle East. They'll sign anything um, and they'll just say, oh, we're we're trying to get peace. The social media companies, they are in business to advance progressive thought. That's it. That's what it's about. That's why they're in business. They have their billions and billions of dollars already. They can't even, they couldn't spend it. No matter how much money they spend every day, they couldn't spend it. So now it's about, we are going to advance this progressive left agenda. And so we're going to make it very difficult for anyone who opposes that to have any kind of a forum. I mean, look, Trump shouldn't be banned from Twitter or anything else. Trump was Correct. right about the China virus, was he not? Yes, was he was. He not? was. Well, why are you banning him now? Because he believes the election wasn't honest? He's entitled to that belief. He's entitled so, to hold that belief. So are let me go here. That? Let me go here. What? Jake Tapper has just uh, issued a statement uh, that he said, I haven't changed my mind as a journalist. I just think it's okay to have an opinion. I see the role I played in 2015 to now as more of a manifestation of the deviation of the Republican Party and Donald Trump from normal political behavior, behavior than I do the deviation of me from normal broadcasting. Um, he said, I see my role as not being particularly opinionated, except for things about which I think it's fine to have an opinion, such as truth and facts and just basic <laughs> dignity. I told so, you about this for months ago. No, I know you did. I, told I know you, you did. about him. You stuck up for him. He I is did. the worst. And you know what makes me happy, Beck? I'm kicking his butt in the book column. I'm selling 10 books for every one he sells. That makes me happy. This is a corrupt man. This is a vicious man. All right? CNN has lost 70% of its entire audience since yep. January. I'm I have to tell you. No, even, makes no, me happy. Yeah. Even when they hadn't lost 70% of their audience, uh, the Blaze had many nights where we were beating them. Uh, and I'll bet you, Bill, that your, your numbers online are beating him today. I bet you you're not only beating him in books, so. but, but online numbers. Because uh, nobody is watching. Nobody you is watching the it. Truth. You tell the truth as you see it. I tell the truth as I see it. The difference is we don't have corporations telling us what to say. That's right. Tapper's game. That's his game, Beck. He's in that mean? Washington crew. And he does what he's blank and told. All right? And 
I think these people actually believe it. Do you think that they have to do what they're told? I think they believe it. But he wants to believe it. He wants to believe it. Okay? If you you lay it out that socialism is going to destroy the fabric of the greatest nation ever, he's going to reject that. Because he wants to reject it. Correct. Because he's making money rejecting it. Well, I I will... crazy. I will tell you that this is why I don't believe when they said, well, we didn't take the Wuhan virus thing uh, seriously because Donald Trump said it. I don't care if the devil himself said it. Check the facts. Check the facts. They don't want to do that anymore. They check the facts that agree with them. Right. I know you're up against the clock, and I need a minute before we leave. If you look at Trump's, Trump's policies on the economy, on foreign affairs, on basically looking out for the working people in America, just the policies, take him out of it. And you compare those policies to Biden. That's like comparing Millard Fillmore to Abraham Lincoln. Right. (laughs) It's insane. Now I need a minute back. Ready? Go ahead. Yeah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you this coming Sunday, killing the mob. Number one on the New York times list. Best-selling nonfiction book in the world. All right, the numbers are staggering. I've been blackballed from TV. Okay, the reason that this is going so well is because of you and some other radio people who are not in this cancel culture, don't believe in it, know it's a fascistic thing. And I want all your listeners to know that guys like me with a good product, Killing the Mob is a damn good book, right? We would be silenced without guys like you. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that, Bill. It is, I have the greatest audience, I think, ever assembled on radio. I, I truly mean that. They are open-minded. Uh, they are really smart. They like to read and know the facts. Uh, and they're good and decent people. Don't thank me. It's, it's the people who bought your book. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate it. It's not kind of you to have say. Have a good weekend, Beck. Yeah, bye bye. bye. All right. Well, we're only a few weeks away from summer now. Uh, it's time to celebrate. Longer days, fun in the sun. I mean, you deserve it. Right now, Chamonix is celebrating with a sale uh, that you deserve. GenuCell's Summer Blowout. You get the brand new Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free with your order. Let me give you a word from Bobby from Fresno. She says, three days before my doctor's appointment, I started using Zotique. And she said, what have you changed? Your skin looks great. And I told her I've been using Zotique. It's a miracle worker. Thank you, GenuCell. You don't have to believe Bobby from Fresno. You don't have to believe anybody. You just have to believe yourself. GenuCell can work miracles for your skin. And for a limited time, your GenuCell order includes the GenuCell jawline treatment and the legendary GenuCell anti-wrinkle moisturizer free. Gave your skin the best care that money can buy and look 10, 15, even 20 years younger. Shamani promises you'll see results within 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Nothing to risk here. You don't have to believe anybody. Go to GenuCell.com or go uh, call them now. 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709. You're going to get the three gifts today for free. Don't wait. Call now. 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. There's been so much talk about the lab escape theory from 
the coronavirus uh, situation in in China. And it's being treated like there's all this new information that has come to light. And there has been more developing information over the years. Let me take you back a little bit. This is November 18th, 2019. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, just a few miles away from the wet market we've heard so much about, posted a job opening. We're taking bats as the research object. I will answer the molecular mechanism that can coexist with Ebola and SARS-associated coronavirus for a long time without disease and its relationship with flight and longevity. They were doing this result, these, these sort of uh, research projects, at the time, in November, when people went to the hospital with strained coronavirus areas. A Chinese researcher, who was formerly a postdoctoral research fellow at Harvard, posted a study. Now, he's, he was working at a university controlled by the Chinese government. This is, this is what he said. We screened the area and the seafood market and identified two laboratories conducting research on bat coronavirus within 280 meters from the market. There was the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention and, of course, the Wuhan Institute Virology. of Virology. He goes on to explain that in his estimation, it probably came from the lab. This is not something he wrote today this is something he wrote back in february of 2020 now you could say well look he is he eventually went on to withdraw that commentary and said ah oh, I mean, it's probably not from from the lab whether he's doing that with the 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 cold metal of a firearm pressed to the back of his head by the chinese government is yours to figure out but you know, so we don't know COVID-19 came from a lab, but we do know that the bats that carry it aren't from the area. They're from hundreds of miles away. They also were not sold in the market that has been talked about. They were in research labs right down the street, however, being used to study rare coronaviruses and their own researchers thought that COVID-19 came from the lab. The guy collecting the samples had been peed on and splashed with the blood of those bats, a situation he himself called highly risky. This is not going back to, well, uh, bat soup theory. Chinese people shouldn't eat bats. They shouldn't eat bats for other reasons uh, than coronavirus. I don't care if bats, eating bats cured coronavirus, they still shouldn't do it. But this is a legitimate theory. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Miller. Right, That's me- your four-minute buzz. Have a great Thank Memorial you, Day. You, you too. All right. All right. Can I get a word in edgewise Good for a God. second? Yes, please. please. Just talk. I mean, people are dying to hear me talk about real estate agents I trust. <laughs> they are. They've right? been saying it all day. They've been demanding it. When is he going to talk about real estate agents I trust? It's trending and on Twitter right, right now, now, Glenn. Right. It's, it's The time is right now. You lucked into the perfect time to hear me tell you <laughs> about the great real estate agents that we have waiting to help you sell or buy a house. You could be selling in one city, in one state and buying in the next one, we will help you find the right real estate agents for you. It's free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, I, have a, uh, I have a personal message, um, a couple of really great guests, but a personal message uh, next.
Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It's Memorial Day weekend. A personal message in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck program. First, uh, let me tell you about uh, Hustler. Hustler lawnmowers. They're the best. Um, there's no other lawnmower on the market that is built like that and uh, like a hustler. And I can tell you that with confidence. These are the people that have made industrial lawnmowers forever. You know, people who are cutting the sides of the highway. That's a hustler mower. They did the zero turn lawnmower. They were the first ones to invent it. And then they perfected it. They started in like the 1960s with a zero turn lawnmower. They've been around for years before that. And then they came up with a zero-turn lawnmower, and they made things for, you know, stadiums, football fields, uh, highway departments, everything else. They started making them for you, for your lawn, and it will cut the time of cutting your lawn in half. It's a hustler, hustler turf, built to last. And I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to A, B, compare. I want you to go out and test drive the best one you can find and then go to a hustler dealer near you. Hustlerturf.com. Hustlerturf.com. It is Memorial Day weekend, and I want to send a personal message to one listener. I don't even know if she's a listener of mine anymore. Uh, I. She is the mother of Sergeant Patrick Tanish. Uh, he was uh, in Eagle Troop and he died in Baghdad 2-11-04. I met her, I think, at a book signing. I can't remember I can't remember where we were. I remember meeting her. I'm sad to say I don't remember her name, but I remember what she told me vividly. She came up to me and she told me the son of a story of her son, Patrick. Patrick uh, was a troubled kid. He was a good kid, but ran into trouble got hooked in uh, onto uh, uh, heroin and just heroin when it gets a hold of you it just doesn't let go and uh, he worked so hard with his dad to get off and it took him a while and he did and he changed his life and then he went to Iraq he joined the military and went to Iraq he felt like there was a reason he survived. Well, she told me the reason he survived was because of the people he saved in Iraq. And she, she told me this story with tears in her eyes. And she gave me this bracelet. It's just a standard black bracelet you know, soldier bracelet. I remember bracelets like these when I was growing up. They were for prisoners of war in Vietnam. And she just asked me, could you, would you just wear this for the day for my son? I probably wore this every day for maybe 10 years. 
and I took it out of my little box that I have, you know, my keys and watch and things in this morning, and I put it on. And if anyone in the Tainish family this weekend is mourning the loss of Patrick Tainish, I hope his mother knows that I am doing the same this weekend, and I am grateful that he lived. And I feel as though he has been with me for many, many years. I want to introduce you to somebody that I just think is one of the greatest guys I've ever met. And that's hard to say because I've met so many really incredible people. Um, Rishi Sharma, he is a guy that's been on my program a few times. Uh, and he started out just wanting to talk to World War II veterans. I'm going to let him tell the story quickly. Risha, how are you? Rishi, Great. You there? How are, how are you? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I, I can. I'm so glad to have you, uh, have you on the program again. Can you just quickly um, uh, recap how you started doing this, how old you were, uh, and what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity uh, to talk about the World War II heroes. But uh, my name's Rishi Sharma, and uh, I started interviewing World War II veterans when I was in high school. I've always been interested in the war. And uh, one day I decided to ride my bike, basically, to the local retirement home. And I wanted to meet the men firsthand who, you know, I'd been reading about and seeing TV shows about. And it, it was an amazing experience just how open they were and the fact that I got to actually look in the eyes of someone who went through hell so that someone like me could, could be alive. You know, and, and after meeting a number of these veterans at the retirement home, I, uh, I really felt a burden that I owed these men not just my life, but to preserve what they fought for so that future generations won't go to war and that we'll always remember what the World War II veterans have given us. And so uh, when I graduated, I, uh, I was very blessed to get a bunch of news coverage and uh, I had a fundraiser and, and uh, I raised funding and I, uh, to go out and interview as many World War II combat veterans as possible myself. And uh, uh, now it's four years later, 48 states, the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and just over 1,100 interviews now on camera. Jeez. Um, Who has contacted you, Rishi, for, I mean, has the Smithsonian or National Archives, anyone contacted you about preserving these yet? Absolutely not. I, you wouldn't believe no? the number of people I, you wouldn't believe the number of organizations I've reached out to who just, I guess they aren't interested, maybe because it doesn't fit their okay. narrative. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. We may I? May I, as a uh, representative of uh, Mercury One, put you in touch? We would love to preserve the record of these of these stories. I this is. I think you do one of the most important things. History will remember your name. It might not be in your lifetime, but it they will remember you because of what you're doing. You're. This is vitally important. Yeah, oh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I'm not all for that. As long as people remember what the World War II veterans went through. I right, mean, when right, I right. was in high school, 
you know, it, it, as a member of the younger generation, I'm 22 now, I can honestly tell you that they don't teach World War II in school anymore. And it, what they do cover is how bad, quote, the bad the U.S. was for dropping the atomic bombs. I mean, right. people are being brainwashed nowadays. The younger generation are being brainwashed to hate our country, to hate our veterans, to hate our way of life. And it's, it's not right. And, and I don't want to see that happen any further. That's why recording these stories of what these veterans actually went through, what they witnessed, the atrocities they came across. I mean, whoever has that footage is going to be able to control the narrative. I know. I know. I know. I, I tell you, Rishi, you know, I just looked at the brand new AP standards for history. This is a, these are AP classes. This is not your regular class. This is the I'm really smart. I want to take an AP history class so it counts towards college. World War II, there is no mention of Hitler, the Holocaust, the Germans, the English. Um, the, it picks up the story. There's more to it than that. I can't remember all of it. It picks up at the bombing, not of Pearl Harbor, but of Hiroshima. That's it. And the, the AP requirement is that you understand that the United States bombed Japan with a nuclear weapon and, quote, that made the world question the, uh, the motives of the United States of America. Holy cow. It's absolutely, I mean, it's revisionist history and it's the lies because what people fail to realize is that we gave Japan many opportunities to surrender. We had them completely surrounded by naval blockades. They had no food coming in or out. They refused. We dropped over 5 million pamphlets. We, meaning the United States and the, our allies, dropped 5 million pamphlets over the target cities, telling the civilians to evacuate. And after the first bomb, they didn't surrender. So, I mean, it took two atomic bombs to even make them consider surrendering. And there's a, a well-known story that when the emperor, Hirohito, actually came on the radio uh, across Tokyo, the citizens didn't believe him. You know, they thought it was mm-hmm. some kind of allied propaganda. Because, but, they, because you know, I, they had trained their citizens to believe that that's what was going to happen. The, the, the propaganda in Japan uh, about the United States, they, were, they believed we would eat them practically. I mean, they thought we were monsters because of the propaganda. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, there was a well-known incident on the island of Saipan where the Japanese uh, had a garrison, uh, there was a civilian population there as well, and is when the Americans landed, the Japanese forced the civilians to a cliff, women and babies, and had told them stories that the Marines and the Army infantry would you know, hurt them and do cruel things, and these, these babies were thrown off the cliffs, and the women jumped after them, and the Japanese, you know, obviously soldiers went themselves, but we had translators, you know, up on the cliffs trying to tell these civilians to come and that they would be safe. And, I mean, it's so dangerous, this, ki- this type of rhetoric that the United States and the Allies were in the wrong. I, I run this YouTube channel called Legends of World War II. And, and some of that content of the veterans talking about their experiences, it's been censored by YouTube. But what, what's also shocking is how many uninformed people there are. I get comments all the time 
of people thinking that Pearl Harbor was in retribution for us bombing uh, Japan. They don't realize it was the other way around. Oh, my gosh. Um, Rishi, hang on. i got to take a one-minute break, and then I want to come back. Talk about um, how you do this, how you are now asking others to do it and send you their footage. And I want to hear about uh, the best stories that you have heard, the best people that you have met. Because, I mean, meeting them from the greatest uh, generation of America, I would imagine this is going to be hard for you to decide. But tell me about the most interesting and uh best encounter you have had with some of these vets back in 60 seconds one of the things that gives me great pleasure in life is getting to come and talk about the products that i actually believe in well i believe in rectech i have a rectech i use my rectech i love my rectech i'm going to miss my rectech uh because i don't have the same up at the ranch and everything I do have is in a barn packed up because it's a long story. Uh, so I'm not going to have my Rectech for about three weeks. And I don't like that at all because Rectech, it's going to be us for over a week. It's just me and the boys. And so I am up there. There's not a single woman around. We are going to have steak for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks and maybe even a late-night snack. Uh, and it just grills them to perfection. The ribs will be smoked, and they fall off the bone. It is, it's, it's the best. It's the best. And you don't have to be good at it because all of the high-tech gadgetry in it, it takes care of it for your, uh, itself. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q, R-E-C-T-E-Q, Rectech with a Q at the end, Rectech.com, Rectech.com. 10-second station ID. So we are with uh, Rishi Sharma, who I met, I don't know, about three years ago, and he is one of my favorite people I have ever interviewed. Uh, I think he was probably about 20 when we when we first met, uh, and I, I just think he is, I mean, you're a hero of mine, Rishi, and I mean that sincerely. Oh, no. um, so so tell me, you say, oh, no, like, because I don't even know if you like me or, you know, anything else. You might be like, oh, no, Glenn Beck just said he's a... I'm a hero of his. Oh, oh no, I'm no, go no, kill I'm, myself. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. I, I just met, you know, I, I feel very strongly that the, that the word hero is really only reserved for those, you know, who put their lives on the line. I mean, the fact is, if I had all the money in the world, I would still be doing what I'm doing. I'm so blessed mm. that I get to hang out and talk to the men who saved the world. Good for you. Um, all right. You mentioned a minute ago that your your videos are being banned or demonetized on YouTube. Why is that? You know, I wish I knew the answer, sir. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Basically, uh, you know, I raised all that funding, and and I've been doing these oral histories of the World War II veterans. I give them copies of the interviews, but I would also put it on YouTube. Um, Back in December of 2020, uh, the channel, I wasn't trying to be a YouTuber or anything. It was just a, a storage place for the videos. But back in 2020... December, uh, some of the little vignettes I was making, you know, 10-minute clips taken out of some of the interviews, some of them started going viral. I mean, getting millions of views, and, and I guess the, youth, the way it works is the YouTube algorithm picks it up, and they'll show it on many people's homepage. Uh, yes. And so that was happening to some of the videos, 
causing a huge surge in traffic to the channel. And so I go from about 2,000 subscribers to about uh, 25,000 in just maybe a week. And it's about 2,000 every day, and then it stops. And it craters down to maybe 100. And the, the analytics just don't make sense. Uh, no, you know, cause yes, they, videos- yes, they do from the YouTube side. If you know exactly what YouTube is doing, it makes perfect sense. They throttled you. Absolutely. I, I've looked it up. I've reached out to other people who deal with World War II on YouTube. They face the same exact thing because I guess the algorithm and the people behind it, YouTube, they believe anything to do with World War II is promoting Nazis and Hitler and they don't take oh the time gosh. to decipher. Um, oh and and it, it, it's, it, it's ridiculous because, you know, there's no politics in these videos. It's facts. It's the veterans saying what they went through and what they saw. And, you know, without the monetization, I can't keep, you know, affording to stay on the road. And, and I just find it incredible that they find themselves to be the superior power that can censor whose voices can be heard and whose cannot. I mean, these makeup tutorials, they get a billion views, but the men who fought for our freedom, who went through hell, I mean, why can't we give them the same attention? Tell me, tell me the, the most interesting and uh, best uh, out of all of that you've done. Hard to choose, I know. What was the thing that really opened your eyes or moved you or had you look at things differently? You mean you mean veteran interview? In an interview, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know that's difficult. There's so many interesting veterans, but I would like to tell you about a man named Chuck Pataglia. Um, I found out through him through a directory of uh, wounded veterans. Uh, I was, you know, I, I literally would spend my days going through name by name, calling these veterans who all belong to the same organization, and I came across his name. And I reached out to him, and he agreed to do the interview. And he didn't mention anything on the phone, anything unusual. I come to his house. This man is a double amputee. Both of his legs were blown off by a mortar uh, during the fighting for the Hurtgen Forest in October of 1944. Mm. He was the friendliest man I swear to God, he, he, he would take the shirt off his back to help you. And I just, it was incredible to sit there and talk to him and hear his story. Basically, he was 18 when uh, Pearl Harbor gets attacked, 19 uh, when he decides to join. After training, he gets shipped overseas and he is, joins as a replacement for the 1st Infantry Division. And, uh, he was only in combat for about two weeks. And he is sitting behind a, a hedge one night, and he told me he could hear Germans on the other side, but he was out on guard. And all of a sudden, next thing he knows, he hears the loudest explosion of his life. And when he comes to, he can't move. And he doesn't feel his legs. So a couple of his buddies come, and they carry him to the first aid station. It doesn't look like he's going to make it. He had a strong faith, and obviously he did. He comes back home. This is someone, you know, who had his whole life ahead of him. 
you know, 19 years old to be dealt such a severe blow. But his family told me something I sincerely believe that he never complained a single day in his life about his situation. All he wanted to do was get a job and raise a family and be a contributing member to society. He wanted to give back, even though he had already given his legs. And the the, the real interesting thing is he ended up working for the VA as a prosthetic technician making prosthetics for other veterans. Here's where I want you to go. I want you to go to the Facebook page, Heroes of the Second War or Heroes of the Second World War dot org. Heroes of the Second World War dot org. You can uh, help them out with GoFundMe.com, Legends of World War, WW2, if you will, WWII, GoFundMe page, Legends of WWII. It's Rishi Sharma. Rishi, keep up the good work. Thank you for joining us. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I uh, was just talking to my wife because I'm going on a road trip with the boys, uh, you know, my son and some of his friends and everything else. We're making a cross-country trip. And and uh, I said, honey, I need my Raycon uh, earplugs. And she said, they're not earplugs. She said, they're wireless earbuds. And I said, don't talk to me like I'm 800 years old. I know exactly what I'm saying. I need them because they have a noise isolating fit. And I can tell you someplace before we even get out of Texas, I'm going to want to put those in. I don't care if they make sound or not. They're earplugs. It's a road trip with teenagers. They're earplugs. She said, we're going to have to get them back from one of the kids. And I'm like, yeah, which one has them? And she said, well, Cheyenne has mine. Rafe has yours. Oh, my. Raycon. I've already bought them a pair, but they're now using mine. Raycons offering 15% off all of the products. Here's what you have to do. Just go to buyraycon.com slash back. Save 15%. Really great earplugs or earbuds, whichever you're using them for. Buyraycon.com slash back. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can use your earplugs to listen to the show every day. The promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. I will be with some vets uh, over the weekend marking the day and their service. Rishi Sharma was just with us. He is uh, the guy who started Legends of World War II, Heroes of the Second World War, uh, which is where you can find him on Facebook. Um, He wanted me to ask any veteran of World War II, if you know a veteran, please sign up so they can be interviewed uh and you can do that at heroes of the second world war that's spelled out heroes of the second world war dot org or on facebook at heroes of the second world war um they are fading fast they are going away and he is trying to get as many as possible you know when i when I hear people talk about America, I think about people like Rishi, a 19-year-old kid who started this because he was fascinated, and now he knows the truth, and he is fighting hard that we don't lose, so we don't lose all of these voices and experiences. When I think of America, I think of a country that makes an awful lot of mistakes, but then does its best to right itself and learn from that mistake. I want to introduce you to Adam Sandoval 
his story began because he was disappointed in himself. He said, I never served in the military. I don't I didn't do so for no good reason. Just poor choices, temptations, distractions. I had my focus in all the wrong places at a young age. And as I got older, I, it really started to set in the sacrifices and even more so realizing the f- sacrifices that other people have made for our country. I wanted to find a way to give back and do what I could. So he came up with something that he is now very passionate about, and I want him to explain it. Adam, welcome to the program. Oh, happy to be on. Thank you so much for having me. I wish we were, uh, I wish we were together in person. I know you're uh, up in uh, Oklahoma. You are, you are a guy who is, who is dedicating his life now to raising awareness of our veterans, and you have some things going on uh, uh, soon that you're going to talk about. But tell me what you started and what you're doing. Sure. Um, you know, it all started uh, with a, a campaign. Uh, I called it Scoot in America. And I just rode my Harley Davidson uh, to every Harley Davidson dealership across the country uh, and raised awareness and support uh, for our veterans. It was an 88,000 mile road trip that took me oh coast to gosh. coast. <laughs> yeah, like 16 times 80, coast to coast. Uh, eight thousand miles oh my gosh okay <laughs> yeah it was a long adventure it took me about 21 months uh, yeah. i got hit by a car had to come back from that you know damaged my leg pretty bad um but was able to get back on the bike and, and finish it and ride to every dealership uh in america and uh you know had americans ride with me from from every corner of this country uh, in honor of our veterans we raised a ton of money and a ton of support for veterans. And, you know, I just couldn't stop after that. I just kept going. So you've got all kinds of programs rolling out. Uh, so didn't you, when you would stop at these dealerships, didn't you many times give a bike to a veteran? <clears throat> I have done a lot of veterans uh, motorcycle giveaways. I think to date, um, don't quote me on this, but I think I've given a 12 bikes uh, away to veterans at this point. And um, that's always such a such an impactful thing, because I know what the motorcycle community stands for when it comes to our veterans. And they're very passionate and they're very embracing. And it can be a channel for a veteran that, that needs it. Um, so when I when I find a veteran and I and I give them hand them over the keys to a brand new motorcycle, um, I know it's not just uh, a motorcycle I'm giving them. It's it's a channel you know, for, for therapy. It's a channel for uh, community camaraderie. Um, it, it, do, I get messages from them all the time, changes their lives. Why do, why did this happen to you? Uh, I mean, you veterans are, uh, they're part of a community. And if you're in that community, um, you can understand it. I don't know if I can fully understand it, but they are just, they walk as one many times. Uh, and you weren't part of that community. What, what was it that changed in your life or what happened in your life? You know, I think it's, it's maturity. Uh, you know, I grew up, I think you said it well in the, in the open there, you know, I just made a lot of bad choices and, and I started to regret those choices and but I you were, wanted but, to be, but wait, 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 you, by society standards, you didn't necessarily make bad choices. You were quite wealthy. Were you not? I mean, you had a big house and a nice car and an extensive art collection, right? I mean, yeah, I, I was successful in business. There, there's no doubt, um, but it was it was it was more than that. And even even that success came came later for me. You know, in in my early 30s, late 20s, it started to happen. And in my teens and early 20s, when I would have joined the military, I was just a young punk, and I was just making bad choices and 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 had the wrong priorities in life. 
Um, and as I matured, uh, I did find some success in, in business. Uh, but then, you know, the reality of, of my veteran set in, I started, got some very close veteran friends, um, that were active duty, um, some that didn't make it home, uh, some that, some that did come home and, and then deal with struggles every day back here in America. Um, and I really started to feel like I didn't do my part and I, I felt like I should have should have been part of that and it just it just i don't know it hit me and then i wanted but there's to a lot of people you know? honestly there's a lot there's a lot of people uh that uh will say i want to do my part but you sold your house all of your expensive cars furniture your art collection you let it all go uh and you then got on your motorcycle and you went on this uh this uh trip for the american legion's legacy scholarship fund which benefits you know, the children of fallen veterans who were lost on or before 9-11. A lot of people say, I want to get involved. You sold everything and went on the road. <laughs> I, I did, man. I lived off of a back. It ended up being a total of five years. Uh, I was homeless. I lived off the back of a motorcycle. And uh, it was it was an incredible learning experience for me. Um, I, I gained so much knowledge and and really, and I think you're right, I don't think either of us can understand what these veterans go through, but I've spent a lot of nights next to campfires and a lot of miles on the road uh, talking to veterans and, and helping uh, whatever way I possibly could deal with, you know, whatever struggles they may be having or, or, or dealing with. And, I mean, it's heavy stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's, you, it's very heavy stuff. I've heard you say that there were two uh, events or two meetings that really kind of changed your life. They deeply affected you. One was with a mom and the other was a salute. Can you tell those stories? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I was, I was, you know, kind of in the beginning of my campaign. Um, you know, I, this is, this always gets me, gets me going. Uh, you know, the, the, it's tough I, to deal with a veteran who is, who is, you know, um, trying to understand what they're going through. But when you have a mother come to you yeah. and her, her child, did it come home and you're riding to support a program that helps uh, her grandchildren, her, her child's child, a child that's missing a, a father. Um, and she comes up to you and, and out of the blue and wraps her arms around you and starts crying. And you've never met this woman before. Um, and she starts telling you the stories of what her family is still dealing with today because of the loss. Uh, I mean, if that doesn't change you, I mean, if that doesn't take you back and, and humble you and make you realize that there's so much more important, yeah, I, I'd have given I'd have given any one of them cars or any of that art collection in any moment, you know what I mean, to help that lady yeah, and change what know. she was what she was going through. You know, uh, all of a sudden, all those worldly possessions just don't mean anything when you yep. when when you've got somebody sitting in front of you like that. You know, um, and you you were and talking about World War II veterans. You know, I had yeah. a World War II veteran teach me to salute. You know, that's something I would have learned had I yeah. had I actually served. You know, and that was that was quite the honor as well. So it made me do so. Some let me. <laughs> <laughs> let me. I don't want to meet that guy. Uh, I'll be there all day trying on one. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you two things. You've traveled now uh, over eighty thousand miles around the country on your bike. You didn't have a home, so you were you were everywhere in this country. Two questions. What did you learn that you didn't know about veterans? And what did you learn about America that you didn't know or you came to fully understand? Sure. 
you know, uh, to, to answer the later question first, America, I learned that um, we're much more united than anybody wants us to believe. We are, we are every, you know, I, on that campaign alone, it was, it was 88,000 miles and I went to 702 cities across America. That campaign alone, I learned very quickly that we are united and we are aligned and the people that are out there working every day and grinding to keep the society going and to keep us afloat and to keep us, you know, uh, a healthy country. We vastly agree on, on almost everything. Um, yeah. the, the country's not on the big principles. Business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and that to me was, was really an eye opener because before stepping foot in all these cities and having dinners and breakfasts, and, and, and meetings with all these different people in all these different cities, I had no idea we really were as united as we are. Um, mm. And it was an eye-opener for me, and it got me excited. Uh, it got me amped, you know, because I'm like, man, we, mm-hmm. we really are in much better shape than maybe, you know, a lot of people want us to believe. And I think, uh, that's, I think that's one reason why people in the middle of the country, you know, when I warn about the things that are happening and the things that are coming, they don't necessarily feel that because in their usual daily life they are talking to their neighbors who are democrats or republicans or independents and everybody's getting along and so they just don't they i mean it's a different world when you're outside of the media or outside of the social networks when you're actually in america uh it feels entirely different it does i mean amazingly different i i mean i get chills just hearing what you just said because it's so true i mean it's people are good People are yeah, good. They are. People in this country are. are good. You know, there, there's right. a lot of good out there. Uh, I've only got about 60 seconds left. Tell me about what you learned about veterans, if you can, in 60. Uh, man, I learned that there's a lot more um, trauma going on with our veterans than what, than what we mm. even know. And there can never be enough awareness and that we need a whole lot more support and help for them than what our yeah. government's giving them. Um, and that even though I can preach it to you right here on the show, You'll never know until you get with enough of them and see the struggles yeah. they're going through. Yeah. They're fighting a very ugly war right here on our own soil. And yeah. uh, I learned that it's important that I do my part. I, I coined a statement I'd like to say, and that is, if you did not serve in your military, find time to serve those who did. And that's what I try to do. Adam Sandoval, you find him at com. Also, youtube.com slash Adam Sandoval. Adam, I'm sorry. I'd love to have you for a, a podcast. I know we've been trying to put it together the last few, but uh, you're a fascinating guy with much more to uh, tell. Thank you so much. Let's Thank get together soon. Time. Thank you. God bless. All right. All right. American Financing is uh, as our sponsor. <sighs> you know, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, I really don't. How much are your credit card? How much, how, much, how much interest are you paying to the bank that you shouldn't be? How high, are the, how high is the interest rate on your credit card? How much money would you save going from whatever crazy number it is that you're paying for your credit cards to 2%? How much money would you save? What is your mortgage? I mean, I don't know rich people who burn money. I mean, I do, but they don't, they're not rich very often. Not very rich very long. I don't know people who just like, I don't care what the interest rate is. Uh, I don't know. It's a hassle. If you, you've got to save money and pay off your debts. And American financing will help you do that 
by refinancing without resetting your mortgage. You can refi without resetting. And you can take that interest rate and bring it down. You can fold in all your high-interest credit cards. It's AmericanFinancing.com. Take 10 minutes. Oh, I've got too much money. I don't need to call them. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, Memorial Day weekend, and... Uh, you know, I wanted to do something at the end of the show that made everybody feel good, you know, and so I booked those two guests, and I think, Stu, I don't know about you, but that made me feel the opposite. Uh, yeah. I now feel like the biggest loser in my life. Completely uh, you know, uh, uh, just outshined uh, by both yeah. of them, and I know that I've done nothing with my life. Right. I mean, I, I know losers, but I think I'm the biggest of them now, mm-hmm. uh, because those guys were amazing. Uh, so I do want to fulfill my goal today of making you feel better about yourself and better about things. Yes, we just had two remarkable people on who sold everything to do something good for society or whatever. Um, <laughs> I want to remind you that at least you are not one of the people interviewed by Ami Horowitz in this clip. What kind of like the next level BDS? You know, it's like BDS, and then we're like, BDS plus. You know, we, we're looking to wipe Israel off the map. Yeah, we want, you know, we, we're looking to destroy Israel. We don't want just Gaza, we want to have all of Israel. No, I, I've actually been learning about last, in this last school year, about everything that's going on over there, so I, I like the sound of what you're doing. It sounds like a great thing to do. Yeah, totally against the Israeli genocide. Awesome. We just want to get rid of Israel, and you know, yeah. it's, for the, it's for the Palestinians. Stay off drugs. But we would love you to check out our website. That would be wonderful. Good luck. Thank you. If you feel like donating to help the cause, to fight back, and that'd be great. For sure, well, definitely. And maybe consider making a donation. Sure. Great. Probably like 15 bucks. 15 bucks? Yeah. No, that'd, that'd be great. Uh, maybe like 10, 20 bucks. 15 to 20. Five or 10 dollars. Maybe like 10 dollars. Five dollars. 10 bucks? 10 dollars. Five or 10 bucks? 10 bucks? Let's say 27 dollars, since that seems to be my Bernie donation. Just so you know, the organization Ami Horowitz is raising money for in this clip is called friends of hamas and he is has no shortage of college students willing to give him money to donate to an internationally recognized terrorist organization just because in his summary of what they do he says they're going to destroy israel this is, by the way, if you think about critical race theory and you're like, well, it's some dumb thing that, that happens in schools. I don't, I don't really care. The equivalent to critical race theory has been happening with the Israelis and the Palestinians uh, across our society for years and years and years and years and years. And this is the end of it. We have people now financially supporting terrorism, which my understanding of that is that it's a crime. <laughs> Not going to stop them, though. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next week. This is the Glenn Beck Program.